Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast, where no ask is ever too big. I'm Tara Renzi. And I'm Brooke Run. We are on a mission to give women confidence to rise and be bold, ask for what they desire, and be who they came to be. But if you want all that, you're going to have to put a little ask into it. We know that all asks come in different shapes and sizes, but the bigger the ask, the bigger the win. Welcome to the Big Ask Podcast. to another episode of the Big Ask Podcast. I am your co-host, Tara Renzi. And I am Brooke Run, And we have quite a show for you today that I cannot wait to dive into, Tara. Like, are you so excited about this today? I am so <laughs> excited because I've got all the questions for our expert and guest, Sally Sykes. We're going to let you introduce yourself, but we're going to give you a little hint. We're just going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. We're going to be asking all the big asks for aging women over 40. What the hell is going on with my body? Why am I losing my hair? Why am I a what sweaty is going bitch? On? Yeah. Why are we sweaty? What's what for the sex drive? Like all yeah. the questions that everybody wants to know is going to happen right here today. We're, we're, we're just going to put all the big asks out there. So Sally, <laughs> welcome to the show. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here. Tara, ever since I met you and read your book, I immediately knew we needed to do a podcast together because there's nothing more like your book you know, be who you came to be. This is literally what I do in as a functional medicine health coach is I help women, especially over 40, be who they came to be because we can't be who we came to be if our hormones are out of whack because our hormones make us who we are. Um, and it affects mood. It affects everything else. Our sex drive, our hair falling out, all the things that you mentioned. And how I love skin. that. So well, let's jump right into that. I love that your hormones determine who we came to be. Yep. Right, how we show up, how we feel. Tell us more about that. So everyone is born with a different genome, right? Like if I, you look at my genome, I'm genetically programmed to have pretty high testosterone and high estrogen. And I wish that I had had my hormones tested when I was like 25, when they were at their peak. So I knew at age 50, how kind of what my optimal levels of estrogen, progesterone, testosterone were, but I don't. So now I'm kind of guessing, but I'm doing a good job of it but everyone is a little bit different, right? And so your optimal level of testosterone might be different from mine. And so when we talk about hormone replacement for women our age, it's an art and it's really hard to find sometimes practitioners who are educated in that area, who know the difference between bioidentical hormones and just putting someone on the pill, which is not bioidentical. Those are different molecules that our bodies make. They have very different, vastly different side effects. Um, so, and in my opinion, are not a treatment for menopause or perimenopause. And um, so, I mean, look, we can go as far back as being on the pill and how that changes your personality drastically, okay? Like I, I was in a group um, seminar over the weekend several months ago, and we were supposed to say, what was the most impactful thing of your entire life? Literally the most impactful thing in my life was going off the birth control pill after 20 years. That's how wow. profoundly it affected my personality, who I was. I had no libido. My hair was falling out. It was made me copper toxic, which is one of the thankfully reversible causes of dementia and cognitive decline. Um, and that's what happens. And women are not being told. Uh, Tara, your, your episode last week with Jennifer not pooping for a week and being told by her doctors it was all in her head and she needed marital counseling. 
you know, she is not alone. Okay. Like this is this kind of medical gaslighting goes on every single day. And every woman who comes to me, I look, I, and I want to say this up front. I am a health coach, not a doctor. I'm a former attorney, but what I try to do as a health coach, uh, because people are coming to me after years and years of failed attempts to work with conventional medicine, get their symptoms addressed uh, the, by finding the root cause, not just throwing a bandaid on it. You know, you know, Tara, if you're telling me your, your hair is falling out, you can't sleep and you're anxious and you have no libido. Um, the solution is not to say that's all in your head. Here's an anti-anxiety medication, so an SSRI and a sleeping right. pill to turn you into a zombie or a fembot. Um, or a birth control pill so that you don't inconvenience a man by getting pregnant, right? That's changing your personality as well. And we got to talk about that because we need better solutions to birth control for unintended pregnancies. But um, what is the underlying cause? Why? Why, why did your libido go on vacation someplace not nice? <laughs> right? right? Why is your hair falling out? Why are you fatigued all the time? Why is your skin, you know, there's skin laxity. Some of it's normal aging. So much of it is due to changing, fluctuating, especially in perimenopause, we're talking fluctuating hormones. In menopause, we're talking total depletion of hormones. And men go out and they get their testosterone, no problem. And women, it is just a nightmare finding anyone who is educated enough on it um, and who even cares. It, you know, it's really right. is go on, you know, you've, you've, you've outlived your usefulness. You've had your babies. We really don't want to hear from you. You seem very fussy. You're a Karen. Uh, take your, just take your Xanax and go shut the, you know, up. and it's yeah. not okay because we're talking about fully half the population for fully half of their adult productive lives, putting them out to pasture. When we've right. got a world on fire who needs all these beautiful, amazing, talented women, firing on all cylinders we're just gonna let that go no. yeah brooke you've always been really good about being i feel like in tune with your body and like a good advocate to your health and i feel like i you know for the most part i have too um but it is it, it is interesting because i go to my ob every year i'm, I'm an annual ob goer I, I do believe in like preventative you know cancer and like screenings and all that kind of stuff but literally they will throw a pharmaceutical at you faster than lightning mm -hmm. Yeah. They will. And look, um, you know, while you mentioned pharmaceuticals, and you know, as a health coach, what I do primarily is functional lab analysis. It's not what normal health coaches do. It's something I became obsessed with after my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And I read Dr. Dale Bredesen's book, The End of Alzheimer's. Highly recommend this book. You guys go read it if you have Alzheimer's in your family. It lays out all of the preventative strategies for preventing cognitive decline. And he has a list of all the labs that you want to get optimized, not just in the normal range. And I'd never heard of this. And I thought, well, mm -hmm. normal range, that must be the healthy range. Guess what? It doesn't. Normal ranges yeah. in labs is just a statistical average of all the sick people who are, you know, if you're getting labs or something wrong, we're usually uh, getting those labs at that lab. So every lab is going to have a different normal range. And then as the American population gets sicker and sicker, those normal ranges get sicker and sicker, right? Over 93% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy. You know, diabetes, pre-diabetes, overweight or obese, right? So do you want to be normal for the average sick American eating a standard American diet? We don't. 
none of my coaching clients do. They want to be optimal. So I went out and tried to look, well, there has to be a list somewhere about the optimal ranges for all these labs. No, there's not. So I created one and I've been working on it and I have a huge spreadsheet and it has every lab you think you thought of. So if you come to me and you've got all these symptoms and your doctor's saying, well, you're normal, must be all in your head. Take these SSRIs, you know, take a Valium. Mm-hmm. Um, bring your labs to me. I give you a real functional analysis where things are not optimal. We identify supplements, diet and lifestyle. And then I there are prescription medications, medications that I do recommend and I will hook people up with functional medicine providers to do that since I can't prescribe. The only ones that I am recommending are I don't consider them band-aid pharmaceuticals. When you are giving someone the life-changing bioidentical oral micronized progesterone at night that changes women's lives because they can finally sleep and they don't have random anxiety for no reason in perimenopause and menopause, that's bioidentical. We're giving somebody back the same molecule their bodies would normally make, but look, we'd all be dead in childbirth by age 30, right? If we were in caveman days, but now we're living longer. And if we want to live better, then this is where we have to go. Same with bioidentical testosterone cream every day. Love it. Love it. I thought it was interesting because I, Brooke, have you had your, you you get your hormones done every year Mm -hmm. and like blood work, Mm -hmm. right? So when I do it at my doctor's office, they don't check any hormones. Like I had to go outside of that to find out like what's going on. And for the most part, I actually feel pretty good. Like I, I am in that like perimenopause where, um, I, I, I'm good, 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 good coasting. And then all of a sudden I'll be like sweating my ass off at night. <laughs> and then there'll be times where I'm like, all I want to do is have sex. And then there's other times it's like, eh, nah, nah. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And look, some what of this is normal. And this is not to medicalize, right? Like normal shifts and mood. I hate that. Um, there's an expectation for women to always be um, for us to live in this, this tiny narrow band of emotions where we're allowed to be, you know, happy, supportive, helpful, joyful, grateful. That's it. Right. Yeah. Kind of like America Ferrari, Ferrari in the Barbie movie. Right. And that it's, that if, if we're angry, if we're sad, then, you know, we're, if we're assertive, we're bitchy of these things that those need to be medicated out. Right. Mm-hmm. You're being a Karen. Let's give you some something to calm you down, go have a glass of wine, whatever it is, not okay. We're allowed to have the full range of human emotions and reactions to uh, shitty behavior. Back to, I do have a question. So back to Alzheimer's or however you say that word, right? Dementia, all of that. Isn't Mm -hmm. that really just metal on the brain? Isn't it like metal toxicity on the brain that we get in many different ways? I'm so glad you asked that question. So he talks about the many underlying causes of dementia. And there are probably, he's up to a hundred at this point. Um, Yes, heavy metal toxicity is in there, but the primary causes of root causes of dementia are cardiometabolic in in root cause. They actually have started calling Alzheimer's type three diabetes. So if you get type two diabetes, it doubles your risk of Alzheimer's disease. If you do not replace your hormones in perimenopause, menopause, and andropause, cognitive decline risk goes way up. In fact, wow. um, 75% of Alzheimer's patients are women. Um, and whether you have that APOE4 gene or not, it turns out most Alzheimer's patients don't have that gene. So it just goes mm-hmm. to show how much of it is lifestyle mediated. Um, so he talks about reversing and preventing insulin resistance, keeping blood sugar stable, making sure we have optimized our hormones, 
you know, with bioidenticals. Optimizing thyroid function, you guys, is critical. Armor thyroid, this is my everyday. Um, for you think about it, most people think about thyroid medication or being hypothyroid as being a weight problem. It is a mood and cognitive issue as well. So the thyroid is the master gland of the body. Every single cell in the body relies on thyroid hormone to function. And low or suboptimal thyroid function is another huge contributor contributor to interesting cognitive decline but exactly he, he has an entire toxicity is certainly a part of it you know whether yeah. it's mold or heavy metals um there's so much in the environment that we have um and like i talked about the copper toxicity that's so important for any of your and i'm gonna say younger listeners but honestly i have so many patients and coaching clients in their 40s and 50s still on synthetic hormonal birth control and they just don't realize what it's doing to them they're all on antidepressants and and Xanax as well. And they don't realize, no one told them the connection. And when I do their labs, mm. I'm like, I, I know why. We're gonna test your copper and your zinc. Your copper is gonna be sky high. Your zinc mm -hmm. is gonna be way down here. When you look up, just Google copper toxicity and psychology today, read that article, what Amazing. it does to you. It gives you horrible anxiety, cognitive decline. It makes you anemic. Your, um, you are low thyroid function. So all of it together, you're losing hair. You think you're just getting older. You're, you go to your doctor and they're not telling you, and they know this. They know that the risk of, of, of um, you know, cognitive issues and depression and anxiety go up on the birth control pill and they go way up on the Mirena IUD. That's a 240% increase. Well, yeah, because, well, Mirena, that's not the copper one. No, the copper one I actually recommend. Dr. Sarah Godfrey does too. So apparently the copper IUD, which doesn't lead to I copper actually got that one between babies. Cause I was like, I'm not going back yeah. on the pill. Like I'm, I'm never doing that again. Yeah. And I was, you know, so I went off the pill, I guess when I was like 30, Brooke, you, you're, you've been off the pill for a long time too, right? Yeah. I haven't been on the pill for, I mean, since I was probably 20. I mean, it's been a really long time. Yeah. 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 For yeah. me. So what I want to do—they hand it out like candy, though, to kids. To oh, it's crazy. Specifically. Oh, it just makes me sick. Which is what brings me to my next story. So for me, I have an autoimmune disease called ulcerative colitis, and I got diagnosed yep. with it when I was 25 years old. Mm -hmm. And for I don't know the first three years, they try to put me on and off medications, and I would always have allergic reactions to them or something like that. My body was literally rejecting the medication, and yep. so for years, doctors would tell me. Brooke, you cannot control your ulcerative colitis with food and with lifestyle. And I'm not going to knock doctors. However, I've been going to functional medicine doctors for 15 years now. Like I hardly ever go see um, a conventional doctor just because for me, I have not only kept my UC in check for the last 15 years by food and lifestyle, but I'm pretty sure I've healed a lot of my UC just by myself with the knowledge that I've learned from functional medicine because my last scope was like amazing. Like he was like, I don't know what you're doing differently, you know, all the things. And so for me, like, why do you think it is? Because a lot of people trust their doctors. A lot of people um, are on a slew of medications and then they have all these other side effects. And doctors, I think some of them are very well educated on what these actually do, but that are, they're taught, you know, and pharmaceutical recs are very powerful Pharmaceuticals are very powerful, you know, to get, begin with. But why do you think that 
a lot of people don't know what functional medicine is or why they choose to continue just to trust and lead blindly because it's one thing that drives me crazy about America I know. <laughs> in general, I know. you know, you, you look like, well, first of all, it's a for-profit medical system. So we have that, right. um, you know, if you go to a medical school, right, it's the, you know, mm -hmm. pharmaceutical labeled wing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so they're getting trained in what is going to be ultimately profit those pharmaceutical companies, which is a I lot mean, of literally, literally Merrick makes right. the books for the things the doctors are learning. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like, you know, conventional nutritionists. Yeah. I, I can't like where they're telling you to go eat like, you know, fat free pudding pops or something that that's because that's what the, and I just can't. I just can't. Um, you know, the data is just isn't there. I'm a huge data person. Um, and anything that I, it's from books, from actual MDs, from actual studies, or I know from my own practice for 15 years of analyzing labs, my own and my patients over and over again to know exactly what works. But yeah, so um, first of all, I would say that I do think functional medicine is having a bit of a moment right now, especially after COVID, because mm -hmm. what we found is that people who are metabolically unhealthy were the ones who were dying of COVID faster. And the conventional medical system was not serving those people. They were just saying, oh, you've got diabetes, you're overweight or obese, you know what, we'll just give you some insulin, which will make the type two diabetes actually worse. Um, and, or, you know, we'll just, wait to treat you until you're, you know, completely diabetic and you are, you know, insulin dependent or you need dialysis or a foot amputation, right? This is not okay. Or we're just going to cover up symptoms, right? Like you have an inflammatory condition. I come, so many people come to me with, with inflammation, right? And we just get them off gluten and sometimes some dairy and mm -hmm. almost always that's all that's needed. Mm -hmm. All that's needed. And their antibodies mm -hmm. go away, right? Um, I got gluten to my antibodies went up. I have hypothyroidism, but I've never had detectable Hashimoto's antibodies, which if you have hypothyroidism, 99% of the time that is autoimmune Hashimoto's thyroiditis. It's due to autoimmunity because I don't eat gluten for a long time. That's another no-no for brain health in Dr. Dale Bredesen's book. Um, I haven't had those antibodies but I think it was after this summer when we were traveling, Tara, and I, I, you know, sometimes there's a sauce and there's, you know, gluten and right. soy sauce and you don't even know, sometimes it happens. And I started feeling, a, it's like a chronic fatigue feeling that I start to feel when I, something happens like that. And I had labs done and I had just a few antibodies, not a ton, but optimally, we don't want any antibodies out there right. attacking our thyroid gland or literally any other part of our body, right? Right. And the issue with that is that once you get one autoimmune disease, the chances of you getting another and another and another go way up. And so if you don't get a hold of the inflammation, the source of it, the root cause, you're just, you're not going to get better and it's going to get worse. So masking symptoms with steroids that are going to lower your inflammation, double your risk of diabetes, raise your blood sugar massively, make you put on tons of weight, right? Most of the coaching clients come to me, they are feeling like garbage and those that's really not working for them. And they really want help to right. do it, find the root cause of it. But look, there's not a lot of profit in that. What I think is really interesting, and we could talk about this when we get to the weight loss, perhaps, is semaglutide and the GLP-1 medications, because this is so tricky. And it's going against so much of my um, natural skepticism of pharmaceutical companies. But here's what I kind of love 
about semaglutide and terzepatide in these medications is that they are, yes, people are taking, this is a pharmaceutical that people are taking, but it is mimicking something natural in the body. And it is helping millions of Americans finally break the cycle of food addiction and lose weight and eat the way they're, they know they're supposed to be eating. It's just not an education gap. What's also happening is, is that instead of five drugs they're on, when they're on semaglutide, their risk of, of uh, heart disease goes down by 20%. So it's now we don't need a statin. That's better than statin. And when you're on a statin, you get double risk of diabetes and your hormones tank. So every man on a statin I see has testosterone lower than mine because cholesterol is actually the building block for all our hormones. So we're on semaglutide, we've lost weight, lowered blood sugar, we don't need statins, we don't need insulin. Oh, we don't need blood pressure medication anymore. Um, oh, inflammation goes way down. There's uh, right. the next time you guys get labs, ask for, go ahead. Yeah. But I do have a question about this because yes. um, I have a lot of family and friends that are actually on this, right? And they've lost yeah. a significant amount of weight. However, yeah. they don't have diabetes. True. But they're shooting themselves with a drug that, that yeah. is helping them with insulin, right? So what is the long-term effects here? Like, that's what I want to yeah. know. Like, you know, um, because if your body is, if you're not having insulin issues and then you're shooting yourself with a drug that pre mm -hmm. that is helping to prevent that, isn't there a long-term effect? So this is, that's such a great question. I actually, in my own podcast, I am, I, it's mm -hmm. like an hour and a half this week that I'm, I haven't mm -hmm. posted it yet, but I'm going to, it's all about GLPs and all about how to do, basically how to do semaglutide right. Because I have almost two years of experience working with patients on this. And like, if I were to design a program, um, you would, you know, use the minimal effective dose. You would pair it with diet and lifestyle coaching so people aren't just gaining all the weight back. Um, we're not just sending them home with an Ozempic pen and having them overdose themselves. But the way the medication works, it, it actually turns out it is, it is repairing the islet cells of the pancreas and it helps the pancreas release the right amount of insulin. So what we don't see is people's blood sugar bottoming out. What we see is it's stabilizing. So hallmark of metabolic um, health is stable blood sugar. It's running between 70 and 120, no matter if you've eaten or not. Um, you know, metabolic uh, derangement is when you'll see ups and downs, huge swings, right? Um, and that's, I have type 2 diabetes. It's basically in remission. I feel like it's a little bit like being a recovering alcoholic with sugar addiction, because that's mm -hmm. what it comes from. So as long as I eat the way I know I'm supposed to eat, and I know I'm carb intolerant, that I can keep it at bay, but I have loads of genes for type two diabetes. Is, um, is there long-term studies for people that have been on semaglutide that are not diabetic? Yes. So it's, you know, I, this is so interesting. And I talk about this in, in my own podcast, these GLP one medications have been around since 2005. It's just the original ones. And they, so there's a really good long standing safety data with them. Um, the original ones were twice week twice daily injections. And then the next generation was once a day. And so then they really didn't get popular until the once weekly, the longer acting semaglutide and then terzepatide, um, because it just wasn't practical for most people to be giving themselves multiple injections every day. Um, look, I am not a fan of these medications being used in very large doses long term. I don't think it's necessary. I think it is right. the side effects. Um, you, you, when you use them in micro doses, along with coaching and lifestyle change, and you're tracking their labs to see if their metabolisms have, 
metabolisms have healed. In other words, like lipids, HSCRP, fasting insulin, HbA1c, glucose, um, we'll be able to say with some certainty, are you going to be able to keep this weight off right after these medications? Whereas if you don't have that kind of support, or if you're just taking this as a designer drug and you're still drinking a bottle of wine every night and living on Pop-Tarts, guess what's going to happen, right? You're going to lose right. weight. You're going to lose muscle. You're going to lose muscle mass. You're going to get osteoporosis. Like this is not what we want for women over 40, especially. But the women right. I coach, their muscle mass, their bone density is going up. They're getting DEXA scans. They're... Um, so doing great training. Total transparency. I've I've taken semi-glutide. So I had like this mm -hmm. this like mid forties. Literally out of nowhere, I gained about fifteen pounds, and it was. I mean, I work out all the time. I eat healthy. Even yeah. my husband was like, "God, this that sucked." Like, because he's like, "I don't even know how that happened." I'm like, "I don't either." But I've been talking to people, and, and it literally was all through my midsection. Totally. Um, and so I went to my um, functional medicine gal, and she was like, "Look." She's like, I think you're a candidate for semaglutide. Now, a couple things happened. One, I had to do an entire lab workup before she would even think about dosing me on it. Mm -hmm. And two, I did a lower dose than what is it, Manjara and Wagobi? Like my dose, I never even met what they're giving people for the first time when they're going to yes. a healthcare provider, and they're like, yes. "Oh, here's this prescription. Go take it." And people take it, and I've had so many friends get so sick. And I'm like, well, how much is the dose? And I was like, oh my God, I never even. And so I, I ended up only taking, I lost my 15 pounds very slow. I mean, I was like a pound a Good. week. Good. I don't um, recommend more than two pounds a week. You're not, that's not sustainable or healthy. You're going to end up but with you know, There's butt. people who go on it that are like, oh, I lost pounds in the first week. And I'm like, did you eat? Like that's not going to end well. So for me, it just, I, I had a good experience with it, but I was like oh, yeah. slow, slow to go. I didn't do a lot of it. Um, I'm on like, occasionally I'll still do a small dose mm -hmm. of, um, I don't know. Mine's different because it's, and it's, I, I dose it out of a, of a, uh, I guess. Compounded. I, yes. Perfect. So, That's how I prefer. Cause you can. And mine in an insulin needle, it, I only go up to 10. Like it's the smallest dose. Yeah. But interestingly enough, I, I had a good experience. I felt really good on it. I never felt mm -hmm. nauseous. You know, people are like, oh God, I couldn't drink. I'm like, I'm. I could still enjoy a glass of wine and not get violently ill, but I was never on a super high dose. And I did my inch. They also made me do an in-body to where I had to like measure my muscle mass, everything. So that whenever I did the in-body the next month, I wasn't losing muscle. You know, I was continuing to work out. It wasn't a free pass to go eat cheeseburgers and fries. Like, and I know people who do this and a brook, I know we, I actually heard a comedian the other day. He's like, isn't it funny? Like a year ago, everyone was fat and now everybody's skinny. He's like, yeah. and I'm sure you have friends on Instagram. <laughs> Haven't you seen him where you're like, look, and you're like, you're scrolling and you're like, oh, wait, what? what well, look at, the look at the celebrities. Look at the celebrities like Kyle Richards and like all these people that have struggled with weights their entire life. And they're, they're yeah. so skinny right now. And, you know, full transparency here. I, I did try semaglutide. I tried two mm -hmm. shots and my throat felt like it was swelling up. And so <gasps> I was like, okay, I'm done. I think I told you this, Tara. What, like, I what was were like, you on? Was it I don't. It was, um, it was a pre-dose. I think it like was semi-glutide. I yeah, hate but, but it was well, an ejectable. Was thing. it a pre-dosed pen or were you yes. drawing it from a vial? It was okay. a pre-dosed pen. I hate the pre-dosed pens because you can't adjust the dose. You're going yeah. home with, and you're forced to inject way more than you need. Um, and so, yeah, that's it. I just yeah, have it a very, scary for you, though. 
I have scary. a very sensitive, so yeah, I have a very sensitive system. So I, for me, like I just, you did lose like eight pounds. <laughs> I did my first week. Cause her throat cause was, was closed up and I, she couldn't get any food. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> eat. I was like basically not being able to breathe for like a week. And it worked out really well, you know? <laughs> But, yeah. Yeah. But I just, I'm sensitive, but I do like, I have one family member in particular that has, she's skinnier than I've ever seen her in my entire life. And I'm worried, you know, because I don't think that they're monitoring her as close. And I, I damn know for sure that when she's off of it, that that's not, it's not going to be sustainable, you know? And so for me, like, it's just, you know, I think when you get on this and if you do it, you need to go with somebody like you, Sally, who really yeah. is incredibly thorough and, um, you're doing it as more of um, a lifestyle long term versus a quick fix that you're just going to yes. do, you know, short term. So I love, you know, that 100%. you run all those labs and the decks, you know, all, you know, testing and all that kind of stuff. That's good. It's so important. Yeah. So, yeah, listen, my my podcast is I Love Labs. Whether you work with me or not, you can listen to it. That's free content. And you can at least learn like, hey, What's how the should, podcast, should Sally? this be done? My podcast is called I Love Labs. Um, and then okay. I'm also going to be on a chiral FaceTime live tomorrow. I'm doing some training for practitioners who are prescribing this. So I'm going to be talking about the same thing. Um, basically like, how do we do this right? Um, because the standard dosing of an Ozempic pen or a Bagovi pen or a Manjaro pen is not that we don't have to do it that way. And those, most of those pens are in shortage. And so I would say the vast majority of the patients I'm seeing are using compounded medications because those are more accessible. They're not in shortage and they're much less expensive and they're able to dose their own right. to figure out what their own optimal. But dose you know, is. what's interesting is I have a friend who was on the compounded semi-glutide mm. and she had a friend who works for Manjaro or one of the pharmaceutical mm. companies. And she talks so much shit on him that it like scared her it was yeah. like if you're not on the pharmaceutical brand that you get from the pharmacy like you're like i mean just like once again the nonsense of like yeah. you know and oh, yeah. when she looked into it like the dose was way higher than what she'd been on and she was like well i why do, why do i want to do that i feel actually good mm -hmm. I've, I've been able to maintain and all that so I do think yeah. it's interesting. I do think people are abusing it. I think that, yeah. you know, I also can say from, you know, myself is like, I, I lead a super healthy lifestyle. I work out a lot. I lift weights. I watch what I eat. It was never just like a pass to, you know, do whatever I want, but let's talk about, let's, let's move the subjects. I think we should talk about, let's talk about sex, baby. Cause you know, like every, it's on top of everybody's mind Yeah. and you get in your forties and things just change. Like I, <laughs> I feel like if we had a room of like 10 women, like there would be like a few of them to be like, I want to have sex all the time. And then there'd be a few that was like, I never want to have sex. And then there'd be mm -hmm. some that was like, I, I do one day out of the month. <laughs> I mean, it's just so all over the place for people. There's no like yeah. normal. And I think, you know, yeah. if you think about our sex lives, they've been so, since we were in our twenties, most people, you know, in general, we'll have babies in our you know thirties or whatever, which mm -hmm. completely wrecks your sex life anyway. Yeah. And then you get into your forties where you should be getting it all back again. And for a lot of women, it's a major struggle and you yeah. know, it's, it's, it sucks for them. It sucks for their spouse. It's, mm -hmm. I think sex is such an important, it's an important thing and something that women should be able to enjoy. A hundred percent. There was, um, hopefully a lot of your, your, um, Listeners also follow Dr. Mary Claire Haver on Instagram. She's an amazing OB-GYN um, menopause specialist. And she posted this How do you morning, spell that? Mary Dr. Claire, Mary? 
Claire. It's M-A-R-Y-C-L-A-I-R-E, Haver, H-A-V-E-R. So she posted this morning about she had a a patient who was also a divorce attorney, a female divorce attorney. And they were talking about, she said, this divorce attorney said, after being treated for menopause, she wondered herself if fully at least 60% of the women coming in who wanted divorces were simply getting divorces because of painful, painful sex due to lack of estrogen and lack of the medical, lack of any medical help in ex- because they're in extreme pain due to vaginal atrophy, due to loss of atro- estrogen and perimenopause and menopause, right? And this this really caught me because I, I literally, you're talking about we get a room full of women more and more. I feel like most of my friends are just indifferent to sex and that's okay. There should be zero judgment about someone's you know, sex drive, whether you're asexual, who you're interested in, how much you're interested in doing it. I think where where it pulls back to to what this show is about is that we all want to feel like ourselves and our best selves, right? So if whatever level of libido you're currently experiencing is feels right and true for you, rock on with your bad self. But if it feels not like you, like when I was on birth control and an SSRI and had no interest in sex and for the first time in my life for like 10 years in a row didn't masturbate, that is not me. Okay. Not me at all. And I went off birth control pill. We all within three months, I was like, you were just home masturbating all the time. Oh, (laughs) I was like, it was like Dorothy, like, like when, you know, when she gets out and it's all black and white and it goes to color. And I was like, Oh, I want to go shopping. Like I had more perfume. And I was like, I need to get in my car and go find a natural perfume that doesn't have phthalates. I need to smell good. I need makeup mm-hmm. again. Wait, my bras that I've had since in 1999. I'm, why do I still have those? Why do I have underwear with holes in them? All of a sudden I was like, whoo. And my brain started working because my natural hormones came back. It's the ethanol, estradiol, and progestins and birth control are not real hormones. They don't do the same thing. And being on birth control, it's like chemically induced menopause, you guys, is what it is. And so I had, you know, I was having pain during intercourse and all the uncomfortable things that you would have in menopause. As soon as I got off the pill and my normal hormones came back, that Do you think for women, like they could look back to like their twenties and what their libido was like then? Or do you think some people just don't have great libidos and, you know, I mean, yeah. That's a great question. So for me, having a strong libido feels like part of who Sally is, right? Like if it would feel, I don't feel like myself if I am kind of, it's it's more than libido for me. It's mojo. Like it goes mm-hmm. hand in hand. Like if I'm not interested in sex, I'm also not listening to fun dance music. I also don't want to get dressed up and go out at night. I also am like, not as fun to hang around with. My personality gets kind of meh. I list, start listening to the news all the time in my car instead of fun, dancey 80s music like I normally would, right? Um, it changes who I am. So We're going to remember people, this. Next time we see we, she's, she's listening to the news. She must not be having <laughs> oh, did you? Did you? I know. If I'm listening to the news, you need to ask if I've taken my hormones. Well, I need to go take my hormones. <laughs> I, I am replacing now. God, it makes such a difference. And I do. I replace. And then when I start to feel like myself, That's I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think I've gotten mm-hmm. to where, um, but everyone's a little different. But so if you've been, a, you know, I've had, um, you know, like a male coaching client, he's never had a libido his whole life and he doesn't care to and has no problem with it. That's, you know, look, I'm not going to mess with that. We're not going to start saying, but there are some physiological issues that go with 
um, for example, the inability to have an orgasm, right? It's a blood flow issue. So there can be cardiovascular issues. If you used to have a libido and you used to be able to have an orgasm, now you can't, and but you don't care. You Even if you don't care How and you're not in a relationship, not well, some people like, don't. So many people just don't. That would be such a bummer. I don't know, man. No, but like some people, right? Like they just it's like, good. I don't care if I'm- I mean, It's like going to a movie and having to leave 20 minutes before it's over. Yeah, I so agree. I so agree. But you know, the, the stats on how many women have never even had an orgasm, right? It's pretty high. And so, which is totally ridiculous. That's um, another show. Itself. That's a whole That's other a whole show. Other yeah. Show. Yeah. How yeah. Is, that, is it because they like, is it mental? Is it physical? Or maybe they, I mean, I know because I, like, I have yeah. a friend and she was like, I don't think I've had one. I'm like, well, I think you would know. Like, you would know. And look, and here's what's, here's what gets me. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that so many women haven't had them. So we've got a lot of, a lot of women have been just traumatized. I, you know, there's not a woman there were a girl you talked to who hasn't been, you know, catcalled or approached in, inappropriately, even, in, you know, including my children, right? Which is just happens. Um, so that can be, make us a little bit like wonder about what, if that's even safe to do. But if, you know, fully half of the female population is on birth control, well, most of these birth control pills, not all of them, um, but most of them are taking testosterone to zero undetectable. Okay. Especially if you're on the ones that um, are good for acne, they're good for acne because they take your testosterone to zero. Guess what happens if a woman has zero testosterone? She's, she's testosterone. no, she's not. And testosterone is the get. She's watching the news. She's watching she, the news. All she's day watching day. the news. Yeah. She's, she's, she's watching the news. It's a hundred percent. She is right. Like she's like <laughs> down that train and she doesn't know why she just thinks I don't have acne. I got clear skin, mm. but nobody got to the root cause of the acne, which is probably like dairy and, you know, and, you right. know, a bunch of sugar and gluten and other inflammatory conditions that we wouldn't even get into. And so we just sort of mask the symptoms with birth control that are now making you depressed and have no libido. And now you don't know what, why that is. And now we don't have progesterone. So now we're, now we're anxious too. And we're not sleeping. Don't yeah. even get me started. So we, we've got a full, you know, just the horm hormonal birth control is a, is a whole issue of, in and of itself that's messing with libido. If men knew how it affected us women, they would get snipped so fast <laughs> and wear condoms so fast because right. literally the change of my libido on and off the pill night and day. Now there are a few birth right. control pills that are high androgen index ones that don't kill testosterone, but those tend to not to be, I don't see women on those as, right. as often. So, um, so there's that, but then of course, in perimenopause and menopause, you're thinking this is anytime after 35, you guys, especially once you have kids, um, mm -hmm. if you've got a low thyroid function, that starts to affect your hormone levels. Everything is connected. What you're eating, if you're insulin resistant, maybe you start to have PCOS, then you're not ovulating and not creating progesterone, which if we don't create progesterone, we usually think of testosterone as the libido hormone. I replaced my testosterone and my, my libido was, it was come back a little bit. Not until I added progesterone did it come back in spades. Progesterone is the calming hormone that helps us sleep and gets rid of anxiety. So how many of us are horny? if we are not sleeping and we are super anxious. anxious, it's a combination. And then if we're not lubricated, yay for estrogen. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I have friends who are in their fifties and they're like, all of a sudden I was yep. like the Sahara desert. I was like, Oh yeah. I was oh, like, I refuse. Oh, nope, no, I am slip and slide at 50. <laughs> it just, cause I'm doing the things, right? <laughs> I love and it. And here's the thing, I talk about- Snake or like, do you have to just use lube? 
I prefer my own lube if I'm replacing my hormones. Here's the great thing about replacing hormones, right? It affects everything. It makes me more insulin sensitive. So it helps me with my type two diabetes. It lowers my cholesterol. If you don't have proper hormone levels, you start getting high cholesterol and higher risk of cardiovascular disease. It's protecting my bones, right? Um, when we lose our hormones, risk of osteoporosis goes up. But when I replace my hormones, my own natural lubrication is right where it was in my right. 20s. And it is fantastic. Um, gosh, so nothing... I feel like we could just keep talking about this. We should do another show all about. Oh sex my gosh. I, yes. I know that people, Anytime. Well, I think, I think people wonder like, am I normal? Is this normal? Yeah. And we've got to go because I know we've got um, yeah. a hard stop here in a couple of minutes. Yes. I think most of all, like you should never have to settle as a woman. Like if you don't feel no. good, then don't take, be like, oh, it's normal for your age. You know, if you want to have better mm -hmm. sex and your sex life is low, it's yeah. not normal if you, you know, want to be able to enjoy it more and do more. I mean, I think that, you know, meeting with someone like Sally, getting your blood work done, really understanding yeah. what's going on with your hormones and your body yeah. is super important. I totally I agree. Think, yeah. And I also think it's like really important because that's what Tara and I and Sally are all about is really empowering women. Mm -hmm. to lead themselves. And I think that's the problem right now with the medical system is that we're told and taught so many things and it's really taking our personal power away and putting our hands into pharmaceuticals, which when really we need to listen to our bodies and be with paired with a doctor, like a functional medicine doctor like you, who empowers the woman to have the knowledge to understand her body and not settle which is what so many people are doing right now because they just band-aid, 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 band-aid mm -hmm. and never get to the cause and the core. And so I love what you're doing, Sally. I think it's amazing. Thanks. How can they get in contact with you? Like, how can they follow you? Like, yeah. leave all your deets here. So they can, the easiest way to find me is on Instagram at Sally Doll Sykes, S-A-L-L-Y-D-A-H-L-S-Y-K-E-S. And my email is the same. Sally Dalsykes at gmail.com. Um, and on my Instagram, there's a link tree with all kinds of links to book with me on my website and, um, and all I'm, that. But I'd love to hear if anybody is out there needing help and support. That's what I do all day, every day. I could sit and talk to you for hours. I mean, I am so excited about this, this kind so of stuff. Fun. Yeah, this was, I mean, this 45 minutes blew by. We definitely yeah. need a part two. Thank for you sure. so We much. do need a part yeah. two. Yeah. Thank you so it's much, down. Sally, for being on. And Love um, you guys. And people can, you can get a hold of, even if you don't live, I know Sally's in Texas, but she, oh, yeah. she works with people all over the country. So all over the Love world, it. actually. Woo! All over the I world. Love that. Yay, telemedicine. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, this thank you so much fun. for listening thank to the you. Big Ask podcast. If you guys have Big Ask questions about women's health or women's issues, drop them in uh, the comments, send us a note, and we'll get Sally back on for take two. Thanks so we much for listening that. to the Big Ask podcast. We are signing off and out. Have a good day, guys. Bye. Bye.